the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. It is Wednesday, July 28th, 8.31 a.m. This is Riding Walks, and I'm your guide, Alexita Lander. Today I'm once again at the Laguna de Santa Rosa. Nice to get out doing an actual walking part of riding walks again. Weather's wonderful. Warming up, that shouldn't be too hot today. It's been weird because there was that crazy heating event that happened all over the northwestern United States up to Washington and Oregon and even into Canada we were expecting to get it here but it was like north of us it's the upper part of California and it really wasn't too bad where we were while everyone else was having temperatures over 100 so it's definitely a climate change world we're living in right now just dropped my son off at school for a program called the Jumpstart program, which is this getting kids back into school and used to being in a classroom again that he's doing for 10 days. So it felt nice and normal to be dropping him off in the mornings like usual and getting back into school, albeit with all masks and everything. And we'll see how things go into the fall, with the Delta variant and all that. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about a couple of subjects like usual. I forgot to put up a poll this time, and so I just asked for suggestions from listeners. And so today's two topics will be from one of our listeners, Pat. Thank you, Pat, for giving us those. And thank you for all your support you do for me and all of my shows and everything. I really appreciate it. So we're going to start off talking about how you know how many characters to have in a story, book, or project. When when you know there's too few characters or there's too many, how you kind of balance that. And then we'll be talking about uh, my work with Ostium and how I kind of research it from science perspective and a historical perspective from a science perspective and from a historical perspective. 
how I do all the research for that show. And then we'll end things with a recommendation like we usually do. So knowing how many characters to have in a story, it's honestly not really something I've thought about that much, whether I think I should have this many and worry about having too many or too few. Just with my style of writing, which is known as discovery writing, where you just actually start writing and learn what your story is going to be, what it's going to look like, who the characters are going to be. They just, the characters just materialize, and depending on how much of an outline I have, I know from there how many characters I have and how the dynamics are all going to work. I do remember doing a novel project years ago where I was going off something, I think it was called The Marshall Plan, which was this like kind of layout for how to write a novel and how you should do it. And it had all these like templates for creating chapters. And then one of the templates was a kind of character sketch too. And it told you, I think there to have, you know, so many main characters, so many sub characters and things like that. And you had your template for each of these characters to fill out. I can see that being useful for someone approaching something like writing a novel for the first time and feeling overwhelmed and wanted to have more structure to it and kind of help along the way. But for anyone who's comfortable writing, and especially with this style of discovery writing, I think you shouldn't work with any sort of template thing like that. You should just go with, as I do, just write the story and see what comes out. If there's anything I've learned over decades of writing, it's the you're never going to get it how you want it on that first try. The first draft isn't the final draft. It took me a long time to realize that as I was reading books and really enjoying all these incredible stories from various authors and genres and thinking just how well crafted it was and how great it all was and just thinking back then to stuff I was writing like how I wasn't even close to that and it was realizing that was a first draft. It wasn't there yet. In subsequent drafts and through revisions, rewrites, and editing, that's when you start to craft it and decide things like if you need to add more characters, take characters away, and things like that. I will say just with my discovery writing that I've done over the years, I've never really taken away characters. I would definitely say characters get added. But again, it's more, I'm not thinking, oh, I need to add another character here for this part of the story. It's more, I'm just writing the story. And then another character will show up. To pick Ostium, for example, where you have Jake and Monica as your two main characters. And then another character that developed was Dave slash Steve over the seasons. I never originally intended to have that character come into it. But it kind of developed as I was building up the story in the world. And I think wanting to do like mini episodes and extra stuff that all of a sudden this character came out of somewhere and became a bigger thing. Another example would be if you're listened up through season four and onto the uh, Cersei podcast, you'll know about the character Thyra. That was another character that... I never intended to say, oh, I'm going to add this extra character to be part of the show now. 
it was just something that came out of as I was developing the story and through what the main characters were going through I realized oh there's a character here and then I explored that character and then found that they were a much bigger character and had their whole own story to tell. I think the one thing to say about characters is if you are trying to decide whether you need more or you need to take some away is looking at the characters you've got and if there's any that aren't doing their role, aren't feeling like they're contributing to the actual story, then they don't need to be there. An easy way to do this is look at your characters and then if there's a few characters you're not sure about, look at what if you took them out of the story. How would things change? Would things change a lot? Would it really upset the story? Would it change the story to the point where you're not happy with it? Or it's not the story that you wanted to tell with it? And at that point you can decide if you want to keep that character or not. Same thing too if you're looking at your story and it's not going the way you want it to or you're not getting the information across that you wanted necessarily with your characters you can see about adding another character to add another level to the story another subplot, something else where you do get the points you wanted to get across in there in some way. That would be my advice for adding and removing characters but as I said again with discovery writing it's more just going along the way and discovering these characters as they show up and contribute to the story. Like right now, there's many more seasons of Ostium to come. I have no idea if there are going to be new characters that show up. I have an idea they will, and I can actually give you a little spoiler. In season six, there are two new characters that show up. Actually, three, technically. There are small little characters, but they were they showed up as being part of the story I wanted to tell in that episode at that moment. You probably won't see them again after these episodes, but I don't know that too. They might show up again, but they serve the point of, of the story I was trying to tell in that particular episode. Let's move on to our next topic of how I research the science and history for Ostium. So I've always had a fascination in science and in history. I read a lot in those subjects, nonfiction books. Uh, I took plenty of historical courses in college. I even have a minor in medieval history. Uh, it's always something that's fascinated me, so I've always been heavily read in those subjects. And again, with science too, just all the new inventions of science, new developments, biology, astronomy, whatever it is, I'm just really into it. I listen to science podcasts. So it's just logical that I would then write about these subjects in the context of Ostium. When I sat down to start Ostium, I knew it was going to be stories about these strange places 
where people have disappeared. So that was a case of researching. Roanoke is an obvious one of a mystery. Mary Celeste is another one, and then kind of researching other ones over time. I have a number, large number of them that I've just got jotted down and I may never use them. Probably likely won't ever use them, but I have a whole kind of like reference sheet of notes and ideas of places and, and actually people, including Pat who gave us the questions today, will give suggestions over time online and through various social media. And usually I'll note down what some of those places are and how they fit into the context. So I'll take note of those, save the links, and have them stashed away in a file for basically future potential ideas. Um, again, as I continue to read more into science and history too, it's something I've become very interested in and a particular topic or something, I'll again note it down and keep a record of it. Uh, one in particular I can remember, by the way, that little shushing sound of the cows walking by and brushing against the dry bushes. One episode in particular is the um, Skull Cult episode from season two of Ostium, where that was a story about a history article I read about a skull cult in Turkey. And I just changed it around with some other ideas. One was about a um, site in South Africa, which was this really narrow passage to get to where they had a dig going on there. And they actually had to uh, get applicants from around the world of usually women and shorter people who could actually fit in those spaces to actually excavate the site. So there was a case of I had two interesting archaeological stories and I kind of mashed them together as well as playing around with some other hominid and you know anthropological stories of what I've read over time and kind of mashing it all together. Same thing with the science you know I've always been fascinated by the Voyager missions and that whole idea and then researching that a bit and then making up a story about it. Sometimes it's a case if I have a specific subject I want to talk about because of something I've read about and I'll be able to make an episode or part of an episode about it. And other times it's just thoughts in my head of stuff I've just read over the years and throughout my days and whatever just kind of sticks in my head kind of amalgamates and it'll come together and come out in a story. Season uh, six of Ostium, which hopefully will start coming out in early 2022. There's a similar thing like that where I don't have anything specific of a particular topic or article or book that I've read. But it's all kind of ideas that have developed through reading all these different things and have kind of developed into a new thing, a new idea, and in this case, a new story. Reminds me of um, the best-selling author, James Rollins. I got to interview him over 10 years ago now, but 
he talks about because he does a similar thing of using history and science and whole mixture and joining them together and making these thrillers. And the way he does it is any interesting articles he reads, he kind of cuts out or prints or whatever and has a record through and throws them all in a box. And then when he sits down to do his next novel, he kind of goes through them all and picks random ones and kind of works out a way to join them together and make them work. It's kind of interesting. So basically, I'm always researching for Ostium in whatever I'm reading. For example, this year I've read two particular books I'm interested in. Um, one I recommended, I think, on the last episode, last few episodes, was Four Lost Cities by Annalee Newitz, about these four old cities through history. You had um, Katalhoyuk in Turkey, uh, Angkor Wat, Cahokia, and then um, Pompeii. And just getting to, I mean, it's an interesting book. It's not too long, which is kind of handy. And I'm just about to finish it up. But I know it's a story I was going to be fascinated to read once the book came out and just seeing what life was like in these four cities. And now I have some good fodder for a potential future episode or season even of Ostium to use this in some way because I know more about these specific cities in the time that they were thriving and what it was that led to their falls too and ends. And then another book, a science book, is The End of Everything by Katie Mack which plays around with the five endings or possible endings according to physics and science of how the universe might end. Again, I don't think they're necessarily anything specific, but they're just general ideas that I've been fascinating and I learned a lot of stuff in there that I never even knew about the universe and ideas and things like that. And so it's something that I now have as reference material and one day may end up in an Ostium story, an Ostium episode, or becoming part of an Ostium season. I think it's one way that probably a lot of writers do stuff, whether if it's a specific subject, they will do the research months up to writing the book. In other cases, it's just reading over time and stuff that stays in your head that you find interesting ends up coming back on the page in some way in the stories that you write. My recommendation for today is a book I actually just finished yesterday, and it's called Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. He's the author who wrote The Martian Book. Originally, I think he self-published it and then got it released with a big publisher, but a guy got stuck on Mars and how he kind of survives there. They did a big movie out of it. So yeah, this is his new book, Project Hail Mary where we have, I think it's around about our time, maybe a little bit in the future. And this strange new kind of alien species is discovered existing between Venus and the Sun. And the way they know is because it's able to basically like take some of the energy away from the Sun and dim its brightness. 
in a small amount, but it does it over time. And scientists and astronomers were able to tell this and measure it and realize something's happening there. So they go check it out and find that there is this alien kind of race, these really tiny microscopic organisms that are taking the light away from the sun and long-term effects are going to be basically it's going to dim the sun and then lower the temperatures in the sunlight and cause catastrophic events on earth and so they get together and pick a science team kind of the whole world gets together to go to a distant star where they've discovered that that light is not depleting. They've seen other stars where the light is dropping down, where they realize that same alien race is there, but they found a star where it isn't. It's like a couple light years away. And so they use Earth's technology and then actually using the alien race as a kind of mode of travel by using them as fuel because of the power they generate. And they send three people to this distant star to try and figure out why this star isn't being affected by this alien race and hopefully to find out what they can do to stop it and then send that information back to Earth so that Earth can be saved from basically losing heat and causing apocalyptic catastrophes and losing like half the world population and everything going terrible. I don't think I'll give too many more details on that because it's very interesting stuff that happens. They do actually end up meeting another alien who's going through the same stuff. And it's very interesting how they do this alien, very different to what you've seen before in any stories or movies. And it was just a really good movement. It ended really nicely, had a great ending to it. And just the whole, like, complete package of a book, it was really well done and better than The Martian, in my opinion. I think it's the best one he's done. So again, that's Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. I think that about brings us to a close on this wonderful sunny day for this Writing Walks episode. I thank you very much for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Pat for submitting those topics and if anyone has a, any other topics you'd like me to talk about you can reach out to me on Twitter my handle is at bookbanter you can email me at writingwalks at gmail.com however you want to get in touch I'd be happy to talk about some of the suggestions you have if you'd like to support Writing Walks and my other shows Ostium and Circe you can do so through Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. You'll get access to a whole bunch of bonus material as well as ad-free episodes of all my shows. So again, that's patreon.com slash Podcast. And then if you'd like to support me in a way other than Patreon, uh, if you just go to the website ostiumpodcast.com or ostiumnetwork.com either works and there's a support page and there's various ways there you can support me if you'd like to contribute and help me continue making more shows
Thank you once again for listening, and I will see you on the next Riding Walks. Happy walking! CIOCS Soup 5 ITES SW2 2 Get. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges, and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at connection.com slash fedcontracts. CIOCS Soup 5 ITES SW2 2 Get. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges, and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at connection.com slash fedcontracts.